Welcome to Conversations with Ask Ash. Conversations with Ask Ash focuses on people, processes, and outcomes. Ashley dives into everyday conversations around work efficiency, team productivity, and project execution. Let's get into the show. And now, your host, Ashley Schuler. Ashley Schuler. Ashley Schuler. What's happening, everyone? And welcome to Conversations with Ask Ash. I'm excited because I have another awesome individual for the impact season. And we are so excited to just talk and bring this conversation to you. As you may know, if this is the first time that you are tuning into this podcast, this season is all about how you can have impact in business, in ministry, in nonprofit, in healthcare, in whatever it is that your hearts desire. And so we're really diving into the stories that people are building within their own lives, but also how they're reaching the masses with the passions and their God-given gifts. And so I am so privileged to bring Lamar Shamley. We went to school together, the College of William and Mary, Go Tribe. And I'm going to have Lamar actually introduce himself because he has such a powerful mission and organization called Teens of Color Abroad. But we're going to get all into what that means, what the mission is, and who, and, and all of that. So, Lamar, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful uh, that you thought of me for this platform. You know, as soon as I saw your email, I jumped at it. One, uh, college was such a transformative time in my life, and it almost seems so long ago but it's it's wild how what i'm doing now has absolutely been impacted by like who i was in college and so as soon as i saw your name i was oh done yeah we gotta we gotta talk we got a lot to talk about <laughs> oh man i mean if you think about that so i'm class of 08 and you are oh 2010 2010 that's right 2010 yep. you were 2010 so yeah you were absolutely right that was like an era within itself yeah. <laughs> um it's an era within itself and there was a social media post um who who did who tagged me in something but it was me and i was a couple of other oaders and i was and i had a flashback i said could you imagine that old school show college hill being on right. campus <laughs> i was like this i was like that was just such like an era but i'm so grateful mm-hmm. for what i believe william mary has taught us in terms of service in terms of being able to connect with people from all over the country um, um, and being able to, the, yes, yes, all over the world. Absolutely. And so I was reading your Teen Vogue article, Lamar, and it was saying that in 2009 that you went over to Spain and you went to study abroad. You went to study abroad program and that you, you looked around and that you were like, I don't really see much of me around. Can we talk about that? Could you set that story up? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess just to give a bit of background, um, we're do I start? Because Toka Teens of Color Abroad has really been a culmination of my personal, professional, academic study abroad experience all culminated together. Um, I, I was born here in New York City and eventually moved down to Virginia, uh, where I went to school. Um, and I I went to a very wealthy private school. Um, and there was an opportunity for students to study abroad and I couldn't afford it. So I remember uh, feeling heartbroken in high school that this is something I was clearly passionate about. It was like learning languages and connecting with people from different backgrounds. 
And so I knew I wanted to have a study abroad experience. And so fast forward, when I went to William & Mary, as you said, uh, William & Mary is all about service and like showing us that we can make an impact in our communities here in the States and beyond. Um, and so actually my freshman year, I applied to a, me- a student-led medical mission trip to the Dominican Republic. Uh, and I was accepted on the trip, which like, of course, that was the first step. And then I looked at the price tag and realized I can't afford this. I don't have a passport. Wow. No one in my family has been out of the country. And so I brought this up to the, the academic advisor of the student-led trip. And I said, you know, thank you so much for this opportunity, but I don't have a passport. I, I don't know how to start with accessing this. And he said, well, why didn't you say anything to me? And slid his credit card to me and said, I'm going to make sure that you get a passport. Uh, I'm going to make sure that you get airfare. Um, we're going to make this happen for you because I know what this what this means. And so it took one person to sort of knock down that barrier for me, right? So I had this first wow. two-week experience in the Dominican Republic where I was translating for doctors, doing ethnographic research in the communities, and, and also speaking to people, folks who look like me, like, yo, you look like my cousin, you look like my uncle, but we're in the Dominican Republic, and sort of seeing Blackness in a global context. And so, um, like anyone's first experience internationally, I knew I wanted to do it again. So fast forward my junior year when I studied abroad in Spain, this was uh, spring 2009, actually right after Obama was inaugurated, where I got to live with the homestay family in Spain and and travel around Europe. And, uh, you know, I quickly realized there weren't many other Black American men, even less Black American men, but even other Black American students having this opportunity to study abroad abroad. And so um, I saw this as an opportunity to lean into languages. That's what pushed me to study abroad was I I was studying Spanish. And so I knew I wanted to come back to New York City, come back to the US to get more students who look look like me come from my same background, to get them excited about learning languages so that they can take advantage of these types of opportunities. Wow, that's incredible. So you are, you know, a direct like, you know, um, I don't know what is the right word, but basically like somebody came and basically tapped you on the shoulder. That's what I'm trying to say. And basically said, look, like this is important to you someone poured into you. And so now that sparked, it was that one moment that sparked for you to say, okay, there's something to this. There's something more to this. So you're in um, Spain, you're, you're living, you're, you're, you're experiencing the country. So you're coming back over to William & Mary, you're studying. And so when, what, when did this path take you? Because you're an educator. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we, how do we get into, to that? Did you just want to teach? Yeah. Um, So one of the things about William & Mary, aside from the service, right? So it was William & Mary's push for service. And also, I would say the Black student community at William & Mary, like we were about service. That's how we like got to know each other. We just did things. (laughs) <laughs> we like did things on the weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we woke up early in the morning on Saturdays and like gave back to the community. I think that we had, we didn't say this explicitly, but we had a collective understanding that we were privileged and like in a really dope space where we could be role models to, again, other kids who look like us. Right to get them excited about the future, right? So it was that um, push towards service 
uh, but then also this push to be inter- international and, and understanding that I can make an impact at home and beyond. Um, but then also at William and Mary, and I think that you would agree with this. Um, I just had friends in all different pockets of campus, right? So I, I was in Alpha Phi Alpha, so in a historically Black fraternity. I was involved in the African American Male Coalition, but I was also involved in the Muslim Student Association, and then like did some things with the South Asian Student Association. Yeah. Uh, FASA was popping, so I was yeah, in FASA, exactly. and just like, why am I in all of these different cultural spaces? And even for a predominantly white university in Williamsburg, Virginia, it just felt like our friends were all over. They pulled us to these places because these cultural spaces were important to our friends. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to Iftar, you know, uh, during Ramadan because my friends are Muslim and I want to be there to, to, to celebrate with them. Um, so it was that push for service and it was that just uh, constant uh, being exposed to different cultural issues that I, that I hadn't learned about. I think that sort of carried me through the earlier parts of my professional career. So after I graduated from William and Mary, I actually was a, I became a sixth grade math teacher for five <laughs> years. Um, I, I like that. kids. I like kids. It was fun. It was engaging. I had the energy for it. But I think deep inside what really like pulled me was language and, and uh, cultural exploration and, and, and uh, you know, encouraging youth to to connect cross-culturally. So I became a high school Spanish teacher. So after those five years of teaching middle school math, that teaching experience led me to then bridge that with my passion where I could continue to teach, but uh, teach a subject that I really felt like aligned with my soul after my William and Mary experience. Wow. Wow. You know, and I think that is, I think that's powerful because being able to take what you've experienced and then being able to say, all right, I'm going to bring this to the classroom where I know, you know, kids need that type of exposure. So, but, but let's get into like the, the, the birth of Toka itself. This was like, you know, you were, you were sitting and thinking you're having some dinner. You, uh, you know, you were reading a, a statistic, which I was reading in the Team Vogue article. It said mm-hmm. only 24.5% of students who studied abroad in 2017 uh, identified as Latinx, Asian, and Pacific Islander, or um, African American, and I was like, "This seems kind of low." I was yeah. Like, that's- <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a little low, and again, that's all. That's essentially non-white students, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like roughly a quarter. Um, so seventy-five percent of study abroad programs uh, consist of white students, um, and so actually, this idea for Toka was birthed because of my students. Um, I love teaching Spanish. And so my kids told me, and I'm sorry, I say my kids because they're not, yeah, technically they're not kids, but they're like, they're my kids. Right, um, exactly. They're, they're my kids. But they told me, you know, Mr. Shambly, we love being able to take one hour of, you know, take Spanish class, but like one hour isn't enough. And I also taught at a school And I think a lot of other schools are are moving toward this, but it was so based in academic performance, test scores, AP scores, that um, for many students, they saw Spanish as like this class over there to the side. Yeah, but I got AP Chem. I have like AP Bio. I have like these classes that I've got to do well in. Spanish, you take one or two years and you're done. Um, And so what happens is students, because they don't have access to continue to 
study those languages, they just sort of like, it falls by the wayside. And so my students told me, we want to study more Spanish. How do we make that happen? Like, how do you, how do you speak Spanish? And I told them I studied abroad in college. It changed my life. When you go to college, you have to do the same thing. And so they said, well, what about high school study abroad programs? Are there like, do those exist? And I didn't know at the time. And so I was like, yo, that's actually a really good idea. Let me do my research to see what I find. And so I started looking up high school study abroad programs. And as you could imagine, none of the kids in the photos looked anything like my kids. And none of the leadership of these organizations looked like me or looked like the folks in my community. And so um, I did what any data-driven instructor would do. Come on, numbers, quantitative. Like, that's I'm right. Like, All right. That's right. Here, here's what I'm seeing. Time to gather some data. Uh, and so I surveyed all of my students to see how many of them were interested in a language learning study abroad program, right? Because travel seems fun, but like how many of you actually, how many of you are actually interested in an in-depth language learning experience? And I saw that 78 out of my 80 students were. And so um, that was a clear sign to me, yeah. uh, especially this was at the end of the school year, right? When usually students are like over their teacher, like looking forward to the summer. So we had a really cool school year together and you all are still interested in this stuff? Okay. Cool. So I'm at least seeing there's a gen there's a genuine interest in it. Um, then I started doing the research, right? And so looking at actual numbers, looking at how many students were able to study abroad, but also looking at language learning here in the U.S. Currently, only 20% of K through 12 students are enrolled in a foreign language course. Whereas in Europe, their participation soars above 90%. Um, and here in the U.S., we have the second largest Spanish-speaking population in the world. So if we're not teaching our students languages, how are we preparing them for a linguistically, culturally diverse nation? Um, right. And like that's, that's important for kids. One, the language learning aspect. But two, also some of the byproducts of learning language, which is like cultural empathy. People who study other languages tend to develop a more empathetic approach to people from different religious and cultural backgrounds. And I think now more than ever, that's absolutely what we need in the U.S. For sure. um, and so it was my students who sort of put the battery in my back. Uh, to say, yeah, you should leave teaching and, and go start this organization. Um, and so they inspired me to start this because I, I think that you referred to this earlier. I am I'm literally the walking embodiment. Like I, I, have, I have had those experiences because people poured into me. And so I want to, you know, pass that over. Um, so it was my students. Listen to the youth. They've got the answers. They do. They got the, all the answers. They got all the answers. And I love that because, you know, kids, are so inquisitive anyway and being able to point through these patterns and these connections and you're things yourself you know what let me go ahead and look into this so you're looking into uh, toka and you're looking into bringing this experience now in terms of like passports because i remember getting my passport um and i was getting it for a friend and, and, and for a bachelorette party and i remember you know coming down to the wire and getting it um and that's such a long process and i didn't even realize it was such a long pro process and then also on top of that it's going to cost you something uh too as well so what you know tell us about again for those those formative uh, programmatic programmatic pieces in terms of the passport in terms of like the goals and and really looking to um, to teach yeah mm -hmm. um so 
Yeah, I, I'll, I'll start with sort of the timeline of Toka because I, I launched the website November 2018. Um, and and I, I, I didn't know what was sort of like going to happen next. I was like, I have an idea. Here's the website. I want to launch it. Um, and then afterwards, two things happened. Um, one, I I had a small fundraiser and I had a, a goal to like start to build money for a passport scholarship fund. And more people donated than I had originally thought. So I was like, okay, people are, you know, people see that this is a need. And then the second thing was there's an organization called Diversity Abroad. Diversity Abroad is a consortium of universities and nonprofits and other like education abroad providers uh, who work together to diversify their study abroad programs. And so, so uh, Diversity Abroad had an innovation competition. Uh, and so they selected, I believe, seven finalists to come to Boston to pitch their idea about how they're going to diversify uh, study abroad to the salon of over 200, 300 people. Um, and so I applied and I was selected as a finalist, just me. There's no major organization. I'm like, here's an idea that I have and I'm sent on a mission from my students. Um, and I won the competition. I came in first place and wow. the audience had to select their favorite presenter. And so I won that as well. So that was a uh, $5,000 cash prize. And so I was able to take those funds and literally go back to my students who inspired me to start this. My students who told me, you know, you should go start this organization. I was able to go back and say, you know, I don't have enough to fund a study abroad program, but I can get 20 of you brand new passports so that when you go to college, you're already, you know, ready to study abroad. And so that Phew. was our first initiative was to sponsor passports for 20 students. Um, that happened in 2020, excuse me. Well, you know, time is, is not real. That was 2019. <laughs> um, that was That's 2019. Right. But, and, and keeping in mind that, uh, passports last 10 years, these students are, you know, 16, 17 years old. Some of them are getting ready for college that this would last them through their college experience. So, um, yeah, that was super cool. Again, thinking about how I received my first passport, it, it was someone who sponsored it for me, who who saw my passion. And so the fact that Toka, we could do that now for 20 kids and just as the beginning is like, is a dream come true. That is awesome. And where where have some of your students gone, you know, since, you know, receiving those passports? Where have they gone? Uh, yeah, the sad thing is, unfortunately, so this is this is 2019. Okay, um, 2019. Then, oh, I see. Yeah, yes. this is 2019. Then they went okay. to college. And then... <laughs> right, exactly. They got shut it's down. Like, okay. It's, yeah, it shut everything down. So unfortunately, students haven't been able to travel. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot. But again, it's now been... In uh, two years. So for some of them, they've had their passport for two years. It's still valid for another eight years. Um, right. It's still so valid. Yes, yeah, so they have time. They still they, have time. They still have time. God willing, our world will turn around and travel will become easier for younger folks. And so they are already passport ready. That is awesome. So in terms of bringing the language experience virtually, what was your sort of strategy for that? Because you're probably getting ready to be like, all right, these these kids, they're off. They're ready to get on a plane. Just kidding. And so <laughs> what was the what was the thought in terms of, okay, we got to bring this virtual? Yeah, fantastic question. So 
um, had to adapt quickly. I think that um, one, I thought about what would 16 year old Lamar, what would he have wanted? What was I interested in during that time? Because yes, I was interested in languages, but I was also like listening to other things and doing other things that kept me tied to language. So I guess I, I sat down and sort of fleshed out my ideas. How can we make travel and language learning virtual? Um, and one, that, uh, but also two, again, community. I am very much a community-driven person. Um, and, and I wanted to think, who are the people in my networks? Who, who am I surrounded by that could help me turn these ideas ideas into something like an actual deliverable. Um, and so I applied for a fellowship that I was, uh, that I became a part of called the Summit Fellowship. Shout out to Summit. They have really helped me in, in building out my idea and also connecting me with the network to carry out my idea. And so through my Summit Fellowship, I met the CEO and co-founder of an organization called Nata Kalam. Nata Kalam um, hires refugees dispersed throughout the world. Wow. Um, and so during this time when there's a global pandemic, right, for many folks, it's hard to find employment in person. Uh, and so not to call, even though they, they've existed before the pandemic, but they sort of allow employment opportunities for refugees to teach language virtually. And so that was just like a perfect alignment in what we're doing, uh, because one, again, understanding that language learning is central to what we do. Language is not separate from identity. Language is not separate from people and their real lived experiences, right? It's not separate from culture. And so through our partnership with not to Column, we were able to create this virtual language learning program where students are studying languages, but they're also studying it from, you know, uh, vulnerable communities, refu you know, refugees from all over the world who get to share their real life experience with students. And so we have our students learning the languages, but then also expanding their global awareness at the same time. We also uh, have set up these uh, virtual uh, cultural exchange workshops where students get to ask questions to learn about the refugee experience. What is it like to flee Syria and relocate to Jordan? What was high school like for you when you were 16, 17? Uh, do you listen to Beyonce? Do you listen to, yeah. you know, BTS? You know, exactly. Do you know who Pop Smoke is? So they get to like, you know, uh, connect with folks who they wouldn't have been able to connect with. Even now, you know, me in my 30s, I'm like, this is so cool. I, I wish that I had these virtual experiences when I was a kid to keep me excited about languages. Um, and so we've been able to create four virtual initiatives that are all tied. They all essentially mimic a, a quintessential study abroad program. So we've got language and culture. We've got music. We've got cooking and culinary work workshops. What? Cooking cool. That is too cool. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's been really great. Again, we're in this virtual world where a person from the other part of the world can literally be a click away. And so aside from the language learning uh, program that we have, that's called our Toga online program, we have our collabs. And so our students have made a tradition, traditional Syrian dishes. So they learned how to make a Syrian shakriya. Um, and then we also had a Peruvian cooking class where they learned how to make a traditional dish called papasala fantaina. Uh, and this was one of my friends who lives in Lima. His mom 
has always wanted to have a culinary course. And so she taught the students how to make this dish entirely in Spanish. She had note cards in every food no, item to like show the students, <laughs> here's how you pronounce it. Like, here's how you wow. say it. Um, and so our students get that language practice, but they also get to learn how to make a really cool dish for their families. Um, and so again, during this time when kids are stuck at home and educational initiatives are a bit scarce, I'm trying to create something fun, engaging, student-friendly, um, that's tied to something academic, but also just for the kids to have on. I mean, and that's so important, like just being able to be so innovative in how you're delivering uh, these learning language in these labs and everything. Because I would have never in terms of like the music and the language and then the cooking mm-hmm. and the cul- culinary and again, universal things that we all love, mm-hmm. you know, despite our locations and where we're from. What food are some and of the music. reactions that, yes, food and music. Mm-hmm. What are what are of these reactions that you're getting from students that are stepping into this for the first time like what what are their experiences yeah that's a a great question i think the the first thing that came to my mind was when we had the peruvian cooking class uh, one of the students who was there actually before i even logged into the zoom um he was super excited his mom was in the back jumping up and down and just like <laughs> chopping up the items for him and he was like hi Lamar I'm like what's up like what's going on mama's in the back and mom was thrilled because she's Peruvian and she's like I love this dish I know how to make it I never taught him how to make it so we're gonna make it together today and I'm like that's that's beautiful to you know be able to bring families together to have this culinary experience together uh, that has been over overwhelming uh in the best way again earlier before the recording you asked me you know how are you how how are things and i'm just overwhelmed in the, in the best way um so like that i i just remember getting all the warm fuzzies to see this kid cooking with his mom and have and seeing her you know connection to the dish that has been incredible and then something else another student uh took our arabic class this fall and is now applying to college and asked me to write his college recommendation letter he was like this is something i'm really interested in i want to do this in the future can you write my college recommendation letter and so i did and he got into his college on a full ride scholarship uh so that's where he's now going on a full ride he wants to continue studying languages and, and traveling and so really just glad that I could do that uh, for kids around the country, right? Because we're virtual, our student reach has expanded beyond New York City. And so we have students from rural Alabama to California uh, do this virtual program. Wow. Being able to connect people and again, from all different walks of life and being able to expand their mind in that way. And then just having, I love that. I love that story that you just told, Hey, can you write my college recommendation? And then now I have, now I'm through this program, I've unlocked this key for me to continue to go down this path of exploring languages. That is super cool. Now you did mention before that you were like, I'm overwhelmed in the most uh, amazing (laughs) way. Now, are, are you like the one man show? You got folk that you tap to help you put together all these things, you know, because the Toka uh, social media feed is, is fire. On it's all, it's on a all. lot. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I'm really proud of our Instagram. I'm like, I always just push people to, to check that out. Um, and there's still a lot to learn and a lot to grow, I think, to, to what you're doing and, and creating and establishing systems. I think for me, um, it's more of, I joke with my students and I'm like, yo, I'm the old man behind this. I need more student input. <laughs> and so I'm actually exactly. really excited for our social media to get more students to like, take oh, the yeah. reins on that, uh, which will be super cool. Um, your question was, oh, who's involved? So we have a board of directors and because they're brand new, they've been mostly operational. Like if ever I need them, I can just jump in and ask them. We also have a really dope advisory council. Uh, so again, community. I, I think that I'm a good person. Hands down, I'm surrounded by beautiful people who care about a mission like this, whether it's for, you know, the first time we actually got passports, I, I hit up one of my friends and I'm like, yo, I'm, I need photos. Like, can someone, can you come take photos? She's like, yeah, of course, I'll jump in and just took photos of the whole thing because, uh, you know, this is a very, this is a mission that I think resonates with so many people. So we have an advisory council who has been helping with developing some of our virtual initiatives as well. So right. our, um, we have, this is a bit of a segue, but in terms of uh, our virtual programming, we have this TOCA online language learning program. We also have something called Fresh Fridays where we get to explore music. Music is an excellent avenue for cultural discovery and discovering new languages. Uh, not to show our age here, but uh, you and I know in the early to mid 2000s, like Timbaland and Swiss Beats, yes. they were sampling all of these Middle Eastern sounds and Absolutely. we were like dancing to it. And it was this cool, fresh sound, Missy. Like we, we heard all of these we different heard it. Absolutely. languages. The beginning of Get Your Freak on where he's like uh, that is yeah we were like what is uh, that yeah what is that and that's what music is right you can you can explore new languages and cultures so we have something once a month called fresh fridays where we have a dj play a two-hour set of music international music to talk about wow. the connection of traditional senegalese music and uh current day baile funk in brazil like what are some sounds that are similar what's the vibe what are you feeling um, and so that was organized by two of our advisors who are into music and virtual community. They're not in education, but they're in, you know, building virtual communities and music. And we were able to bridge it that way. So we've got, like, we've got folks all over that are just in different industries. But again, the mission and the vision resonates. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I love that. I love this aspect. Those Fresh Fridays, man. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. I know. I know people. I know that's lit. I know that's all the way. I like to. <laughs> I like to. It's think of a high school dance meets community block party, but yes. virtual. So like your it, camera isn't on. You're fine. But like on a Friday evening, you may want to just play some music and jam around the house. Um, and so right. Fridays has been really cool. Oh man, no, that's 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 super awesome. So, you know, in terms of like next steps, like partnerships, how are we going to blow this thing up? Like, what, 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 oh what like? I, oh, and so this actually, this is a perfect segue from the last question into this one because it's like team. Um, I, I am definitely not a one man show. I want to say that clearly because I, I feel like many people see my face and think that I'm, I'm not the one man show. 
Um, what something I'm learning in this entrepreneurial journey is uh, the importance of a team. I can't do it all. I can't. That's right. Uh, and so I, I've done a, I think I'll pat myself on the back and say that I've done a good job starting this out. But um, we're now looking to hire someone uh, to support us with development and, and raising those funds and creating those partnerships with different oh, companies uh, who, who help, who want to see Toka take flight. Um, and so that is connecting to different companies, uh, companies Companies who are directly in travel, companies who are into language learning and education, but also I've I've seen some alignment with you know companies that aren't in education, that aren't in you know specifically this industry. Uh, so right now the goal is just to continue to build our network, continue to build our community, to bring folks on board, to you know advocate for our students, and I'm so excited for our students to see that too to see the number of people who like want them to have these opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's super important. And I, I'm, I'm curious to think what in terms of when you are meeting people for the first time that are hearing about Toka, what do you think draws them in into this particular program? Oh, this million dollar smile. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's a few things. One, I, what is only 2% of America's teachers are black men. Um, so I am a unicorn in this space. Also, I, I don't know how many black men teach foreign languages. So already that by itself is just like, okay, what's your story? I think they've been interested in that. Um, I can, I, I am very passionate about what I do. And I think that I can, I can talk about it. But what I often like to do is just, we've created a video where the students talk about the program and what the program has done for them. And again, I think it's just important to listen to the youth. I, I work behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm the vision leader of this, but what are the kids getting out of it, right? Because if it sounds cool to us as adults, but the kids are like, whatever, that was whack, then we're not doing the work that we're doing. Uh, and you know, kids will be honest, so, you know? And so I, I, I think that it is their stories that has made this all just truly worth it. We've had students come back to take more language classes or even say, you know, hey, I kind of want to try French and then take a French class. Um, and so that is just, um, I think that has been the grab in all of this is knowing that these kids have, that they can do this from home at zero charge, you know. Um, I, I think that that has been the most powerful. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because when I'm reading like their stories, I'm reading, the, you know, seeing the videos and seeing their posts and everything. And mm -hmm. I, I see the, I see the, that, that switch mm -hmm. where it's like, it's like a different light. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Even though I, you know, I may not know them from before, but you can tell very yeah. much so when they're telling their story. Oh, you know, I didn't know that, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that they learned, you know, and the, the one, I think it was the one young lady in the Teen Vogue article, uh, she was talking about talking with a refugee and she was mm -hmm. saying that being able to connect. Mm -hmm. um and everything so that yeah. you know it's super cool to see that yeah it's super awesome to see that yeah i was gonna say so it's definitely you know it's the student stories but to what you said our conversation partners the language teachers uh they have been absolutely incredible uh as a language educator to see how they're teaching language 
has been like a professional development for myself. Um, We like, there have been some days where students and teachers don't want to leave the Zoom room because we're having these really cool cross-cultural conversations. Oh, you won't say this in Arabic. That sounds so similar to what we say in Spanish. And like having that virtual space for students to explore language and culture in a way that they don't often get in their schools. Um, I think that has been the like the grab for so many students is that they get to talk about things that they don't normally uh, in school. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But, you know, one thing I'm, I'm curious, too, in terms of just that Teen Vogue article, how did that come about? Like, did, how do they find you? How do they find you? <laughs> Yeah. So like, um, uh, no, actually I, I, so my junior year at William and Mary, when I studied abroad, I applied for a scholarship through the state department called the, uh, Benjamin A. Gilman international scholarship. Uh, once again, it's a scholarship through the state department that they give to Pell grant recipient college students. So students from families from low-income background, if you want to study abroad, you apply to Gilman. I received a Gilman to study abroad. And so I, uh, now that I'm doing this work, it's like a direct impact from my Gilman experience abroad. Um, I was invited to speak on a podcast. And so I shared my experience studying abroad and creating Toka on the Gilman podcast. And then one of a writer at Teen Vogue was also a Gilman scholarship recipient and heard that and just saw perfect alignment between, you know, what we're doing at Toka and then also Teen Vogue's uh, values and morals because they've, they've become a very outspoken progressive publication. Yeah, they definitely have. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's no, that's super cool. No, that's super cool. Lamar, I, I, I do want to kind of dig into this particular topic in, in terms of being able to see like how do you how do you see your vision in terms of like the impact of, of Toka like five and ten years from now? Um, you know, because are you know, are we are we looking at, you know, I mean obviously international, but are we looking at are we literally looking at like partnerships with universities? Um, you know, and those types of things. Like, what what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Yeah, a few things. One, definitely partnerships with universities. Our goal is to essentially alley you our students, our high school students, and say, yeah. the seed now. Okay, great. Where do you want to go to school? Okay, go right to their, you know, school for internet center for international studies. Um, and again, the great thing about what we're doing is it isn't tied to one specific career. Our goal is right. to just create more foreign service officers. Um, but no matter what career you go into, that you have a developed global awareness and a language learning experience. Um, so one, of the, so establishing partnerships with colleges to ensure that they, our students, have um, further exposure to international opportunities. That is one of them. Uh, the second thing is uh, increased participation at their colleges and at their campuses. Uh, I think traveling um, really sparks a lot of what they call soft skills, right? Executive leadership, uh, yeah. um, adaptability, Absolutely. flexibility, all of these uh, mental skills that I think students are going to need to thrive on their campuses. And one way that that is shown is through campus involvement. Um, and so we want our students like engaged in their school communities. Um, we want to develop more empathetic global citizens. Again, as I said earlier, uh, learning a language builds cultural empathy. 
So we want students to go to their college campuses and to continue to seek uh, cross-cultural, you know, opportunities. Um, and then also we want them to go out into the world and, and share their perspective. I guess something I was always, when I studied abroad, I was so excited to learn. Uh, but also this was an incredible opportunity for folks to learn from me as a Black American man from a low-income background uh, who found his way to a quote-unquote elite PWI. Uh, now I get to talk about my experience in a way that many folks haven't heard of. Um, and so I want students to become cultural ambassadors as well, to be proud of who they are and where they come from because their stories need to be heard. Yeah, no, no, I, I absolutely, I definitely connect with that. And I think it's super important in terms of our youth, in terms of pouring into them. Um, and so being able to connect and being able to, you know, take experiences and, you know, like you said, you know, being, a, whether it's low income background, whether you're just sheltered because you been in, in a specific environment to be able to bring this language learning and to be these diverse experiences is crucial um, just to, I just believe where we're headed. Mm -hmm. um, Lamar, I also want um, to, you know, talk a little bit about in terms of, you know, any type of like, any type of fun, like facts about, you know, TOCA or any type of cool, like, you know, things about like building a nonprofit mm -hmm. uh, that you can share with some folks that, you know, maybe be looking to do something, you know, that's in that similar space. Yeah. Uh, about building a nonprofit. Um, I think it's been really helpful for me to start as a fiscally sponsored organization, uh, especially because we wanted to start, you know, uh, soliciting donations and, and get the work started now started small um like we could take incremental steps before getting large so uh it wasn't easy for us to get our 501c3 filing send students abroad immediately raise the funds necessary we we gotta go little by little and i had big ideas and still have big ideas so i wanted the big Exactly. But, um, <laughs> the the pandemic taught me to slow my roll um, and and think about what what small things we could do, and I think that that has been helpful to Toka's development as an organization. Is now you know the board and I we've been working together for over a year. Uh, so those relationships are still building. Um, partnerships, obviously, are very important. And so like those partnerships are warming up. Um, and so I think it's it's a really good idea to align yourself with a nonprofit who you are also aligned with values wise. Our current fiscal sponsor, Om Prakash, has been absolutely amazing. Again, started from a William & Mary connection uh, because they they see our mission and, and they don't like micromanage us, but also they push me to ensure that our program is ethical, right? So our goal for TOCA, we're not taking students to an orphanage in another country to take photos of, you know, our kids doing service work. And it's like, no, how, how are we really, how do we pour into our students the right way and not just surface level? And so I really appreciate that. Um, I think it's also, again, necessary to build a board 
of folks who are not yes men um and that's gender neutral or that's just people who won't just say please just say yeah 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 great that sounds great um right absolutely i like i have to give a shout out actually i don't think we talked about this but one of our mutual friends from william and mary amber roberts is on board for toka (laughs) um and i specifically wanted amber on the board because amber is the complete opposite of uh, a yes person if something sounds a little bit wild amber will be like hold on bring it back let's talk about it (laughs) yes and i'm like thank you uh i i like need that and so she and i occasionally have conversations she's like are you mad at me i'm like no like this is why i need you because i know like we we're here i know you love me as a person i know that you're connected to this mission so it is all rooted in this organization's health so um just make sure that you are building this with folks who have the organization the best for the organization in mind oh yeah absolutely that's so good that's so good lamar how can we support toka where do we go to find you Uh, because i'm gonna have all this information in the show notes yeah so definitely check out uh www.teensofcolorabroad.org uh, check out our TOCA online program. That is this virtual program that we've been talking about. It's been really fun uh, to see students, again, from across the country study Arabic, Spanish, and French from refugees from across the world, especially with the language like French. All of our conversation partners come from French-speaking African nations. So we get to sort of undo this myth of like, what does it look like to be a French speaker for students, Um, especially because a lot of them haven't really learned about uh, France's colonial history in Africa and why Black folks speak French. Um, So anyway, teensofcolorabroad.org. Also check out our Instagram at teensofcolorabroad on IG. We are having a fundraiser from June 14th to June 19th, our Toka Team Takeover. So you'll get to meet a lot of our students and to see uh, what type of programming they're engaged with. I told them, I was like, y'all are the stars of the show. I'm I'm director. I'm back here like cheering you on, but go ahead and go out there and put on the stage play. And so I'm excited to to show the students off because they're they're just really, I'm so proud of of our youth. And, um, you know, I want to be the educator that can really pour into them in a way that I wanted an educator to do the same for me. So uh, yeah, check us out. Teens of Color Abroad also on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. This has been fantastic. And again, we'll have Lamar and the Teens of Color Abroad information in the show notes. I thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Uh, please reach out to Teens of Color Abroad and Lamar and be able to connect, um, be able to support, um, show him some of these funds and be able to uh, support Teens of Color Abroad um, for our youth, for our students, because I know that we all know someone who knows a student um, that could really benefit for this program. Until next time, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Conversations with Ask Ash, and we'll be back for another episode. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. Take care. Tired of losing time, money, and feeling ineffective with your work? Click the link in the show notes to apply for the Click of VIP Day. And also be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and follow Ashley on social media at Ashley Schuler underscore. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-H-U-L-E-R underscore.